praise the Lord today. This is Pastor Adams, president and founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. We're so thankful that we have the opportunity to teach and to share surrounding the Word of God. We've been uh, in a, a series entitled Speaking in Tongues, is it for today? We're going to go ahead and pause and pray, and we're going to jump right into this very important teaching so that the body of Christ can be equipped to help those who are involved in this esoteric phenomena. Father, we thank you once again for all of your many blessings. We thank you for how you watched over us last night. You, by your amazing grace, you allowed us to sleep at night and we did not have intrusions or break-ins. Thank you for protecting us from the thief that cometh by night and from the arrow that flies by day. We were protected from drive-by shooters. We didn't experience any carjacking. We thank you that you allowed us to keep the blood flowing warm through our veins. We're clothed in our right mind. We have activity of our limbs. Someone pressed their dying pillow last night, God, but because of your purpose and because of your sovereignty, you allowed us to live on. We thank you today, God, that your will and your purposes are preeminent. And Lord, we want to walk in them. Bless everyone who's taken time to join this Truth Matters podcast. Give them strength. Give them courage. Give them, Lord God, vitality. Give them direction. Give them insight today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're so mindful of the words that were spoken by Patrick Fitzgerald, who was the lead prosecuting attorney in the famous Scooter Libby trial. He said that faith is the engine of our justice system. And without faith, he says, we don't have anything. True are the words that were spoken by Blaise Pascal. He says, truth is so obscure in these days and falsehoods are so well established. He said, unless we love the truth, we can't even find it. And today in this Truth Matters broadcast, we're going to continue in our teaching on speaking in tongues Is it for today. I think we should start just by mentioning that many Christians have never really been taught the fact that there were a total of three periods of prolific gifts and miracles. The first one was during the surgeon of Moses. And the other prolific era of miracles and gifts was during the ministries of Elijah and Elisha. And the third and final was the ministry of the apostles and Jesus Christ. The reason for prolific miracles and gifts were for the confirmation of the advent of the greatest movement to appear on the spiritual scene. Jesus' bride, the church and his word, the complete canon of scripture. God, the living word, used first century apostles who were endowed with miraculous ability so they would, just like Moses, were the ones sent by God to bring his word to mankind. Now, by the end of the first century, the word or canon of scripture It was complete. No need for tongues. No need for prophecy. God's more sure word of prophecy, scripture, was now in place. God speaks to his people through his inspired written words. Sola scriptoli. Sola scriptoro. Solely by the scriptures. Now this is a problem in many Pentecostal churches. What we see is Christians in the 21st century assembling in our churches attempting to assimilate the historical gift of prophecy. It may present itself in this manner. Let's just say you're sitting in church. You may see it manifest like this. 
A person may stand up and speak in a tongue, saying something like Mitsubishi, Yokohama, Fitsujitsu, Toyota, Hyundai, Fujitsu, then silence. Someone is organizing the content for interpreting. Then that person or another person will say something like, Thus saith the Lord, My people, my people, I have cursed the canker worm. My spirit is moving to send the former and the latter rain. I will send great blessings upon you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Mitsubishi, Yokohama, Fujitsu, Toyota, Honda. Now, this is a dang, this is the danger of attempting to operate something incorrectly. God used this method within the church because he they didn't have Bibles or the complete canon of scripture as God's word for direction. Can you all just think about that for a minute? That's the reason he used prophecy, because they didn't have Bibles. They didn't have God's inspired word, so he had to speak to them through a medium. What does it need for this gift today? We have his word now. Imagine if God left his will for every situation and circumstance that could ever affect man. Now, in the content, he said, I've given you everything in my word that is needful for life and for godliness. But still, after that fact, people were still speaking in tongues and prophesying additional supposed words from God. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God says nothing outside of his written word. He says nothing outside of his written word. God will lead you to to specific things by the Holy Spirit that dwells relationally within you. Prayer and God's answer to prayer is so vital. The church has been transformed into a mystical organization looking for some prophetic word, seeking specific direction like a psychic hotline. That's why we are so biblically illiterate. We're only concerned of getting some selfish personal word from some earthly medium. But instead of us going to Dion Warwick and the Sockic Heightline, too many modern Christians prefer some pastor. People like Peter Popoff or modern Christians prefer some pastor like Peter Popoff or Prophet Jordan or Brian Karn. Remember, every sermon and utterance by any Christian preacher must be in accordance to the written word. We should not look to tongues or prophetic utterances. Instead of obeying the unfailing word, we want to get our directive from a medium outside of Scripture. We don't walk by faith or being led by the Spirit. We don't want to be led by the Spirit, which will lead us to remembrance of what? God's word. Instead of praying and waiting on God in our life's trials and crosswords, We want to go get a new special word from some prophet or some super apostle. Those esoteric practices are unreliable. And even worse, they can lead to spiritual disaster. Second, tongues were a sign for unbelieving apostate Israel. It is a sign signaling God had begun a new work that encompassed Gentiles. They were included Israel no longer had exclusivity with God. 
Tongues were a sign of the transition of the old and new covenants. With this establishment, a new day had dawned. With this establishment, a new day had dawned, and God was speaking all languages. Who Palmer Robertson, he aptly articulated, tongues served well to show that Christianity, though it begun in the cradle of Judaism, was not to be distinctively Jewish. Now that the transition of the old and new covenants had been made, the sign of the transition had no binding value for the church. Moreover, the gift of tongues was inferior to other gifts. I think it's important to note that Thomas Egger in his book, Satisfied Promise of the Spirit, in that book, he makes a significant observation There is no biblical evidence that there will be a reoccurrence in the church of the sign gifts or that believers will work prolific miracles near the end of the church age. So many people are talking about we're in the end time revival and we're living in the last days and God is going to do a supernatural, powerful awakening. Just like he did in Azusa Street in 1906, God is going to do a modern day revelation. He's going to have a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Ghost before he comes back. I hear these type of things over and over and over again. However, there is ample biblical evidence that false prophets will perform miracles, prophesy, and attempt to cast out demons in Jesus' name. Go ahead and read Matthew 7, 22, 23, and 24. I also want you to read Matthew 24 and 11 and 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. And it will let you know that in the last days, counterfeits would be in operation and it would not be the true movement of God. History records that tongues ceased. As mentioned, no inspired books mentioned tongues after Corinthians. Once the church was established, the word was written, the sign was fulfilled. It is significant that there are no record of biblical tongues among the church fathers. Let's just go back and look at their writings. What did they write? What was their experience? What phenomena was taking place during their lives? Chrysotom and Augustine, the most renowned theologians of the Eastern and Western world, considered tongues obsolete. I wonder why my Sunday school teachers didn't tell me that when I first joined the Pentecostal church. In Christian Tom and Augustine, they wrote as much in the fourth century. This is what they wrote. They wrote that tongues is an obscure practice, admitting that there was not even certain about the characteristics of the gift. We don't even know anything about that gift. The obscurity is produced by our ignorance of the facts referred to and by their secession. In other words, they've ceased, so we don't have any knowledge of them. Being such as then they used to occur, but now no longer take place. Wow, what did Augustine say? Augustine wrote of tongues. This is what he said. In the earliest times, the Holy Ghost fell upon them that believe and they spake with tongues, which they had not learned, as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were signs adopted to the time, for there behooved to be the beckoning 
of the Holy Spirit in all tongues to show that the gospel of God was to run through all tongues over the whole earth. That thing was done for a betokening and it passed away. Augustine wrote in the fourth century. Augustine went on to say, How then, brethren, because he that is baptized in Christ and believes on him does not now speak in the tongues of all nations. Are we not to believe that he has received the Holy Ghost? God forbid. That heart, that our heart should be tempted by this faithfulness. Why is it that no man speaks in the tongues of all nations? Because the church speaks in the tongues of all nations. Before the church was in the tongue of one nation, but now the church speaks in the tongues of all nations. So important to know. Now during the first 500 years of the church, the only people who claimed to have spoken in tongues were followers of what was called Manatnus, who was branded a heretic. The next group were a militant French group called the Savino Prophets. They were rapidly anti-Catholic, wrecked with false prophecy. On the end, other end of the spectrum was the Janus, the Jacinist, who defied and denied justification by faith during the 1700s. Another group that adopted a form of tongues was the Shakers. They were an American sect of the Quakers. Mother Ann Lee, founder of the sect, regarded herself as the female equivalent of Jesus. She claimed to speak in 72 languages. Shaker, shakers spoke in tongues as they danced and sang in a trance-like state. It's amazing how so many traditions have passed down through the years. In 1906, a babbling of tongues headline was announced in Los Angeles, California, 312 Azusa Street. William Seymour, a biblically naive neophyte relative to his biblical acumen, introduced a brand of tongues confederating with spiritists that denied the Trinity. Many of the modern charismatic and Pentecostal movements were influenced by this event. Oral Roberts, William Brad, and Charles Masons were thrust into spiritual prominence due to the stimulus of their Azusa Street experience. However, there is no biblical evidence that there will be a reoccurrence in the Church of the Sign Gifts. Most of the supposed manifestations of tongues were identified with groups that were heretical, they were also fanatical, or otherwise unorthodox in biblical doctrine, in biblical doctrinal senses. All these groups were aberrations. Surely, that should be the assessment of any Christian who is really concerned with truth. Next question we have during our survey is, what kind of tongues are spoken today? How are we to explain the charismatic manifestations that we see in churches today? Countless people who are sincere Christians, they testify of participating in a tongue experience. As we mentioned earlier, so many people enjoy the feeling, the nirvana of tongues, and all the experiences surrounding it. These testimonies make a strong sales pitch for speaking in tongues, but more critical and vital questions must be asked. Does speaking in modern tongues make people any holier or consistent in their walk with God? No, they don't. Are Pentecostal church members any more moral, ethical, or love God's word more than any other Christian group? 
The answer is, of course not. Some may be some may be isolated comparisons, but not all that broadly. So what is the use and purpose of tongues? We have demonstrated it is not a prayer language. It is only for edifying people and sharing God's word as a historical sign. Are Pentecostal or Charismatics more informed and practice the truth of Scripture in a more sincere, meaningful way? Of course they don't. We know of no authentic proven cases where any Pentecostal was spoken in an identifiable language. Why is that so? Let's look back at what linguist William Samarian wrote. He says it's extremely doubtful that the alleged cases of xenoglossia, or real language, are real. When one attempts to verify it, the stories become even more distorted, or the witnesses turn out to be incompetent or unreliable from a linguistic point of view. Reports have come from East Africa telling of people possessed with demons who speak fluently in Swahili and English. Although in normal circumstances, they don't know the languages at all. Among the Thonga people in Africa, when a demon is exercised, a song is usually sung in Zulu. Even the Thonga don't know Zulu. A parapsychological laboratory at the University of Virginia Medical School reports incidents of tongue speaking among those practicing the occult. Hmm. Another possibility, a more common and reasonable explanation, is it is a learned behavior. I'm convinced, as in John MacArthur, that this is the case. I remember how I was personally introduced to the phenomenon in 73. It was a church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, called All Nations Pentecostal Church of Holiness. The church was a storefront church. That was the oneness Pentecostal church that denied the Trinity, which condoned any practice from the stigmata of magic tricks to stage miracles. The pastor, just as most Pentecostal churches had no, no formal training in biblical epistemology, hermeneutics, textual criticism, or older New Testament survey. These shortcomings allow activities like the case study of Francis Hunter, who coaches people to speak in tongues, which affirms it can be nothing more than learned behavior. The hunters, as a majority of altar worker intercessors, are trained to help people cultivate their alleged initial prayer language and embryonic new tongue. This was executed by jump-starting people emotionally. They will tell the candidate or new convert to say Jesus over and over and over and louder and louder and faster and faster and faster, attempting to fulfill Romans 10, 9 and verse 10. The convert is exhorted to let go of his of their tongue. Let the Holy Ghost just take over. They will begin to plant syllables to, or start speaking in a type of tongue themselves as a jump start or an oral suggestion to the potential convert of what it should sound like. They will say something like ba 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 shanta. Ba 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 shanta. The candidate or the convert will say ba 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 sha. The altar worker or intercessor will say, that's it, that's it. The Lord is here. Keep on calling him. Say, T-T-T-Rohadashando. The convert will say, T-T-T-Rohadashando. The altar worker mimicking what they had just portrayed over and over for years, and they feel that they are leading the convert to a tongue's experience. This causes the convert in their 
earnestness to parrot the conditioned stimuli. This is clearly not how a spontaneous gift functions. Neither is this a miraculous event. It is something practically anyone can do. It is striking to discover how the majority of tongue speakers all sound so similar. They all use the same syllables with very minor variances. This is not the same as language. It is learned and it is a parroted phenomena. In his book, The The Psychology of Speaking in Tongues, John Kendall, he wrote something that was absolutely amazing. He concluded that after much study of the evidence that glossolalia is a learned skill, Kildall, a clinical psychologist, and his partner Paul Qualman, a psychiatrist, were commissioned by the American Lutheran Church and the National Institute of Mental Health to do a long study on tongues. After all their work, they came to the firm conviction that tongues was nothing more than a learned phenomena. A more recent study conducted by Carleton University in Ottawa demonstrated that anyone can learn to speak in tongues with the minimum instructions and modeling. So they took 60 subjects in a study, that was the group, who had never spoken in tongues or heard anyone else do it. And they were used in an experiment. After two brief training sessions, including audio and videotaped samples of tongue speaking, all the subjects were asked to attempt speaking in tongues for 30 seconds. What happened? Every last one of them were able to speak in a passable form of tongues and 70% were able to mimic it fluently. A former Pentecostal man who attended John MacArthur's church said he admitted he learned to do it. He said, watch. He spoke in tongues and it sounded very similar to the learned parroted template that you see in so many Pentecostal churches. But Pentecostals claims everyone gets a unique private prayer language or tongue. I think that's quite interesting. Within the charismatic Pentecostal movements, there is a tremendous pressure to belong, to perform, to have the same gifts and power as everyone else has. The great common denominator is often tongues. Now, this is a reckless and faulty test of one's spiritual state. Kildall and Qualbin wrote, Our study produced conclusive evidence that the benefits reported by tongue speakers, which are subjectively real and continuous, are depending upon the acceptance by the leader or other members of the group rather than upon actual experience of saying the sounds. Whenever a tongue speaker broke off the relationship with the leader or the group or felt rejected by the group, the experience of tongues was no longer so subjectively meaningful. Kildall also confirmed that some tongue speaking is psychologically induced. He wrote some of the strangest cases of tongues were explained as psychological aberrations. The tongue speaker goes into motor autonomisms, which is clinically described as radical inward detachment from one's conscious surroundings. Finally, Quibald and Kildall found that people who were prone and most likely to speak in tongues are submissive, suggestible, and depended upon their leaders or their peers. William Samarian agrees. The sheep are, as the scripture describes them, they are dumb without God's wisdom and guidance. Charles Smith, the late dean of Master Seminary, says most Pentecostals address seminaries that train on biblical doctrines, history, and studies, cemeteries. 
he offered a chapter of possible explanations of modern tongues. He suggests that tongues can be produced by motor automatisms, ecstasy, hypnosis, psychic catharsis, memory excitation, and many people in their earnestness to have it have what? The spiritual zing, the badge of acceptance, spiritual prowess, something more tangible than corporal faith, but an exciting sense-based experience that they can use, feel, and hear, and operate. The truth concludes that tongues exist in many counterfeit forms, just as in the first century, Corinth. And we thank you for taking time to join this Truth Matters podcast today as we've shared on the truth surrounding speaking in tongues. And we know that speaking in tongues is not for today. It fulfilled its purpose. And all we see today is a counterfeit that is leading people to practice unbiblical and unconfirmed phenomena. God bless you and you pray for us in Jesus' name. Amen.